1: No one would ever go to this what? many sex-sounding gay bars. <laughs> Down the spiral staircase?
0: With a huh? dancing monkey? Seriously.
1: <laughs> Did you buy dog Viagra? Joey,
0: it was nice catching up with you. Okay. Go to hell, Mike. Hello,
1: Joey. Hello, Mike Lawson.
0: And hello to everybody listening. My name is Mike. That's Joe. I live in the San Francisco Bay Area, Joe lives in LA, we've been friends for over a decade, and each week we call one another and we catch up.
1: Yes, we do, Mike Lawson, without fail, we call one another each week and catch up, we've never missed a week.
0: (laughs) Uh, We just took a vacation uh, from podcasting, so um, if you are new to the show, you haven't heard a show in a couple of weeks, because we took almost a month off, uh, but we're back and we're ready to catch up.
1: I have a couple of things to say. One, it we've done this show for, I'm going to say, over two and a half years, right? Okay, yeah. You did the count-off. Mike and I count off so we can sync these tracks. And you started the count-off. And I was like, for like a millisecond, I was like, what is he doing?
0: Oh, uh, it did take you – I say one, Joe says two. I say three, Joe says four. So, in between one and two, there was a really long pause. Yeah. So, I was like, oh <laughs> –
1: I'm Does like, well, what is, what is he doing? What is that? And what is this thing? I forgot. Two, um, our fans are obviously very big. Be- uh They listen to the show very carefully because um, at least one person who I will say, one of them was friend of the show, Adam Vought, called me. He goes, are you ever going to do another episode of Catching Up? <laughs> and I go, yeah, yeah. We're on hiatus till September 7th. Oh, am I yeah. telling everybody? And I go, yeah, <laughs> we mentioned it in the show.
0: A uh, friend of the show and also uh my boyfriend, Steve, he texted me the other day and he's like, no catching up this week? <laughs> <laughs> so, but I mean, we're making jokes that, oh, they don't listen very carefully, but at least maybe they passively listen. So they like look forward to it, even though they don't listen to every word, maybe.
1: Adam Vaught gave me some complicated, th- something about running and uh, how much he listens when he runs, but when he doesn't run, when he stops running, then he, I don't know, it was really complicated. But Mike, I have another, I have a, a big announcement. Oh, good. Did you know you had another show? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I found out you had another oh, show right. called, yeah. You had another show called What Some Would Call Lies.
0: I actually forgot that that happened in the months since we've been off. <laughs> yeah, so in uh since the last episode I ended my other podcast which was called what some would call lies. It's still available on iTunes and searcher Smart Radio if you're interested. Um it was a storytelling podcast that I would do weekly and uh,
1: But why didn't you ever mention it on the show that you did this other show?
0: Uh you know, I don't like to cross streams. So
1: yeah, well, I think I'm your friend. We do the show. I would think I would like, – on Facebook, and I'm, like, I'm ending the show. I'm like, what? Well, who knew you had a show? Yeah. Anyway, what did you – what's going on? What happened to you uh, while we were gone?
0: Well, uh, a lot. I'm not going to kind of – there's a lot of stories, but I kind of like am not interested in what happened three weeks ago. But I will tell you, Joey, last weekend, uh, Steve – speaking of Steve, Steve and I just celebrated uh, a one-year anniversary. Which is kind of crazy. Oh, wow. A year is a long time, right? Yeah. It doesn't feel like it's been that long. But uh, we celebrated a one-year anniversary. Uh, the The way we were going to celebrate, we were going to spend Saturday and Sunday together. And his idea was like Saturday would be Mike Day and then Sunday would be Steve Day. So uh, Saturday, he kind of was responsible for planning things. And um, for starters we- – Who came up with this idea? Oh, well, it just kind of organically happened. Okay. Uh, we went to on Saturday, uh, Musée Mechanique, which, yeah. um, uh, we've talked about on here before, I think, but I, it's this, like, uh, really old penny arcade sort of, museum they call it but all of the machines work so you can actually use them um it's in the fisherman's wharf and this is a place where uh steve and i had one of our first dates and so we went and we like took photos in the same photo booth we took photos in the day of our first date and um we had some seafood down on the wharf uh, which actually was uh disappointing and maybe got both of us a little bit sick but that's okay and then Since it was Mike Day, he bought tickets to a musical called Beach Blanket Babylon. Have you, have you heard of this?
1: I've heard the name before. Yeah. Uh, Refresh my memory.
0: So it's been around forever. So they say, they say it's the world's longest running musical review show, which I know, Joey, this is the kind of shit we're going to get in trouble for. Like, you can make jokes, Joey. You can make jokes about how the president has AIDS or something, and nobody cares. Nobody says anything. Yeah. But if we regurgitate an inaccurate s- s- uh, stat about a musical review show, this will be the end of days and people will write us hate mail. So the program says that they're the longest-running musical review show. I think that that's true. They opened in 1974. Mm-hmm. Um, it's in North Beach and. In- Basically, they update regularly. It's like spoofs of pop culture and political culture. Um, they're kind of known for the performers wearing these, like, disproportionately, disproportionately large hats and disproportionately large wigs and these, like, gaudy co- costumes and the, it's very satirical. You know what it reminds me of is, did you ever, or have you ever seen The Hanging? At not, Spary, not Scary Farm that they do every year?
1: Never went to this Not Scary Farm. I refused to go as a child. Mm. And then as an adult, I refused to go for different reasons. As a child, it seemed way too scary. Yeah. Right? And then uh, at, when I was old enough to not be scared by it, uh, people would be like, oh, you gotta, you got to go to the Scary Farm. You're walking around and people jump out at you. Yeah. That sounds
0: like hell to me. It's pretty awful, but worse case of what makes it even worse is it's full of teenagers. So it's just kind of an awful place to be. I agree with you. Yeah. But they do a really good show every year called The Hanging. And what they do is, uh, basically put to death people that are annoying from the previous year. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it's funny and it's written really well. Um, but, uh, this kind of reminded me of it. People don't die in it though. But it's a small cast, like under ten people, and they all play different characters. And like Donald Trump was, re- Donald Trump and Hillary Clinton were both in it a lot. And so they rewrite it often to make it current and having to do with like current pop culture and current political culture. So anyway, we get to the theater and you sit down. By the way, we got to the theater super early because of course remember, you did. It's, it's Mike Day. Yeah. So- we did everything right. Yeah. So we get to the theater, we sit down, and the waiter comes, and he serves from the bar. You're not allowed to actually go to the bar. The waiter has to bring it to you, okay? So they are theater seats, but in front of us, there's, like, a railing with programs on it and menus, and you can put your drinks on it. Like, it's made Wouldn't for it that. Wouldn't it be funny not-
1: if, for Mike Day, you bump into friends who have better seats, and you leave Steve in his seat and go with them?
0: That's not funny. So there's this like <laughs> table. It's not really a table, but it's it's certainly made to put your drink on. Like that's what it's a, a railing, right? Yeah. And uh, we ordered two beers. We got there early enough, like I said. So we order beer and we're kind of just hanging out. And then this group of people shows up in front of us. They sit right in front of us, which is fine. And it's like two older married couples. So four people.
1: And they're the type of cis people... married couples or gay married couples. Cis, cis, cis. I mean, yeah, <laughs> I just made that up. You like that? Let's cis married couples, straight married couples.
0: Um, and they are the type of group that sit down and then they're like, "Oh, we need to take our coats off." And then they all stand up and take coats off at different times, and then sit down, and then they realize that the men should sit together, so they all get up and move around. Has and the show all... started? No, not yet. Okay, which I, right. which is better than than after You're right, but like right. the energy makes me nervous, and they're like, Jesus Christ, uh, we should all move one seat over. I don't know. It's just nervous, anxious energy.
1: So the show hasn't started yet.
0: Yeah, but they're annoying. That's the point I'm making. Is they're annoying. All right. Uh, so they all decide they want to move one seat over.
1: All right. Okay. Uh, is sign and- seating or festival seating?
0: Um, it's sort of assigned, assigned sections. Okay. So right. where they have to stay in that row. All right. And one of their moves are uh, on their move when, um, they're all moving over one seat. This woman reaches up and uses the railing to help her move to the other side. And when she does, she sticks three of her fingers into my beer Mm-hmm. and she says, oh, sorry. And then yeah. she goes back to just being self-involved.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, did like, you throw the beer at her? Sorry.
0: In retrospect, I actually think that I should have been more angry. Like when I was writing the notes for, to tell you the story, I was getting angry, which at the time, I'm ready to see a good show. We're having a good time. I have yeah. al- also already had four or five drinks before that. So I'm kind of like, I made a joke. I'm like, lick your fingers because it's a good beer or something like that. And she didn't even like laugh or anything, right?
1: Um, I would and, have been mortified. I would have been like, oh, my God, can I buy you another drink? Thank you.
0: Yes. And we're sitting in a row.
1: Because um, it's not like she doesn't know. I mean, her fingers are wet.
0: She Well, she said, oh, sorry. But it wasn't like a, I'm so sorry, I'm actually sorry. It was just kind of like, I need to acknowledge that I just ruined his beer. And – I'm kind of in a good mood, so I don't say anything. This guy comes in yeah. and he wants to sit next to me and, uh, Steve and I are kind of on the aisle, so we have to stand up to let him in. And when we stand up asshole. to let him in. No, 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 this was fine. <laughs> he walks by and he's carrying a like messenger bag yeah. and Joey, he knocks the beer over. And it spills all over the railing. My wallet is there. It gets soaked with beer. Um, the p- programs are all super soaked. It all over the ground. There's beer by
1: sh- Why aren't you just holding your fucking beer?
0: There's a thing for the beer. It's made, made for that. There's- What do you mean? Why am I just holding- Why are these people not just- not putting their fingers on Well, in clearly beer.
1: your beer's you're in the way of people. You're blaming the victim,
0: Joe. You're, bl- you're blaming the victim. All right. N- no- new
1: new uh, hiatus. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, this show just got as good as what some would call lies. <laughs> <laughs> Canceled. Um, so anyway, uh, look, this guy who knocked my beer over, he was super apologetic. He was like, let me buy you another beer. I feel awful. Important oh my gosh, question. Important programs. question. Yeah. Was he hot? No, he wasn't even cute. No.
1: All right, move on with the story.
0: He didn't – look, I didn't want the witch lady with the wet fingers to buy me a new beer. What I wanted was her to offer to buy me a new beer. That's all I wanted was her to say like, that's awful. I should buy you a new beer. And I would have been like, oh, no, it's not even a problem. I won't even talk about you on my podcast this week because it's such a stupid story. But then she – right after the beer spilled – I stood up to go to the bathroom. I had beer up down the front of my pants, too. And when I went to go to the bathroom, I passed the evil woman and her, like, friends, the lady who stuck her three fingers on my beer. And I hear her saying that the beer splashed on her and she got beer on her and she felt awful about that. And I didn't apologize and I was glad that she got on her.
1: And that's the end of my story. She's probably right. I agree with her. I like this lady. No. If- Can we have her on the show? Yeah.
0: Uh, what's up with you, Joey?
1: Mike. I know we were on hiatus, so I, I'm not mad at you about this, okay? But please, please. Next time I tell you I'm going to hang out with my cousin Richard, can you please <laughs> remind me not to hang out with him?
0: I'm not allowed to talk about Richard. But but by your own rules, we don't even talk about it on the no, show. No, it isn't.
1: That. No, it isn't. You said this. Mike, we're not – do you want to get into this on the show?
0: Well, I never said I would never talk about Richard. You said I wasn't allowed to, and you're not allowed to
1: talk oh, about him to me. Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. I stand corrected. I stand corrected. No, I can talk about him like this. I okay. just can't talk about the other event. Yeah. But
0: how can I warn you not to hang out with him because that would involve me talking
1: about him? I think you could, I think you'd comment – I don't know. I'll be honest with you. Who cares? He yeah. doesn't listen to the show. Okay, cut to this is he's like you know what I'm gonna start listening to this show.
0: No, he won't because I'm on it. He hates oh, me. Oh, that's that right,
1: that's right, that's right. <laughs> uh,
0: he's like Joe. Can you just send me your audio?
1: <laughs> I l- <laughs> by the way, um, I love how we're first episode back already. There's inside jokes and yeah. stories people don't know what we're talking about. <laughs> well. Richard is very angry with Mike. Will to say that and wants me to never mention. Well, well, I know for a fact I cannot mention you in our personal conversations. Right. Uh, the ones I had with Richard. But
0: uh, all right. And my life is so exciting. He's really missing out on my stories. <laughs> How's he gonna live without knowing about the lady that stuck fingers in my beer?
1: Yeah. How do you gonna know, uh, live without knowing about the lady that leaves uh, nasty notes on your car because you you park a little bit over the curb or something? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so uh, the you know I'm I'm a foodie, right? I, I write under the on Twitter. I, if you want to follow me, I'm under uh, Hungry Chola. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, I don't think I look anything like the picture in the avatar I have there. But two, more than one person has asked me if that's me in drag. Okay. <laughs> and. <laughs> Uh-huh. And uh, hungry Chola on the on the Twitters and the Instagram, you can follow me, and uh, it's it's all food. It's nothing else but food. So all it is is food. And uh, so I I read a lot of food blogs. I'm hip to all the food goings on in Los Angeles. And so there is a Mexican place that I'm actually rather critical of because how pricey it is called Petty Cash. Uh, Petty Cash is like a high end Mexican place. Mm-hmm. And I just sort of feel like you shouldn't charge that much for tacos, but whatever the the tacos are great the Mexican food is great at petty cash but i just it just feel it's overpriced okay but they were opening a new uh petty cash in downtown Los Angeles in the arts district right and to celebrate it they had one night for for uh the whole week one night every night uh different chefs were taking over the restaurant. And so for the night that we're going to talk about, it was literally my favorite chef, my favorite Mexican food chefs of all time. You know, this guy, Wes Avila, who owns a, a food truck called Gorilla Tacos and this guy named Carlos Salgado, who owns a, a place in Orange County called Taco Maria. Okay. And they were taking over the kitchen for petty cash. So I was like, Oh my God, we got to go. And I was like, it was like $45 a person, but that included all your food and a cocktail. And, uh, and Richard's like, I want to go. So um, Richard and I go and there's a huge crowd. The, the doors aren't even open yet. And there's a huge crowd of people in like this like cute alleyway. Mm-hmm. And some guy comes out and says, hey, listen, we're, we're going to open in a few minutes, but I need you to clear this alley and go to the front door and we'll let you in. Richard like runs or he like dashes out, Mike Lawson, and runs around the corner <laughs> and goes uh-huh. inside the restaurant. Okay. And everyone – so then everyone sees Richard do this, so they all follow him. The guy's like, oh, wait, wait a minute, what? You know? So, of course, I'm like, uh, well, I'll just go with Richard. So we're first in line to get in. Okay. That's nice. Yeah, actually, a lot of this is embarrassing, but we win. The, the, I will tell you the the, uh, the result is that we win. Yeah. So we sit down and then they give you, it's a prefix menu. So they give you this menu. And they tell you all these things you're going to get. This taco and that taco and, and, oh, some oysters. And we're going to get like a little like ceviche dish and we're going to get, um, chips and guac and a cocktail. So we get like the best table because we're in the first in line and the waiter brings us a cocktail. He brings us a chip and guac and we're having a good time. Then, everyone's seated, everyone's going to speeches, blah, 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 right? Then, they start bringing the food around, right? hmm And they bring to our table. Okay, so imagine the menu had, like, six tacos on it. Yeah. They brought all six tacos at the same time to the table. Okay. Right? And then Richard goes, oh, and then you're going to bring the other order now? He's like, no, this is for, this is the whole table. So right? you share six tacos? Yeah, but like Mike, tiny, tiny little, like the tiniest ta- like almost like, like a a sample platter, like sure. a sample size, t- like it's like not more than two bites.
0: But you're getting more than tacos, you said.
1: No, no, no. This was this was the entire thing right there. Right, and everybody around us is like, "What? Oh, and, and the oysters weren't on there. Like there was things that were promised on there that weren't on there. The oysters weren't there, oh. and the ceviche wasn't there. Just like the tacos. I thought you. Yeah. I, what's
0: weird is somehow you're just such a good storyteller. You tricked me into thinking like, well, surely there's more. Like there has to, there has to be more. Like that you said all those other things. He just didn't bring
1: you. So all then the Richard stuff. goes. So then the, the, you know there's white people all around us, and they're like, well, I guess this is all we're eating, and they just were just like, oh my god, we thought there'd be more than this, but whatever. So you're like, no, hold on. And then I just see Richard go to like the manager. And talk to her. And they're like, they're like going back and forth. I'm like, I'm like so embarrassed, right? Mm-hmm. And he goes back and like, they're bringing us more tacos. And then, so they brought us a whole other order of tacos, like the one that would have shipped, because I'm like, we were like, yeah, wait a minute. That makes no sense. If, if, cause imagine if you were one person, that means you got double the food. Or what if you're a table of three people? You know, that didn't make any sense. So the manager felt so badly that she brought us even extra tacos that weren't on the menu. So she brought us the whole order, right? That we got the first order for that was like for Joe. Then we got the other order that was for Richard, right? Then she goes, "I feel so bad, guys. The chef wants me to make you these these tacos. Aren't even on the menu. He just made them for his friends, right?" Then they brought us the oysters, and they were fucking good ass oysters. And the white people next door tell the waitress, "They go, we want the oysters." She goes, "Oh, they got the last oysters." What? Yeah. So Richard's bitching got us everything and more, and then they fucked up a cocktail, so they brought us a whole other round of cocktails. So Richard and I actually made out. So actually, I'm changing it. Mike, next time I'm going to go to an event where I'm going to get fucked over, maybe, bring, bring Richard, because he's going to like fight for me.
0: I just feel... It just feels so weird that, like, I'm glad they fixed it for you, but like in a small place like that, how do they not fix it
1: for everybody? It wasn't, it's not that small. It's actually kind of big. But... Oh. Um, I think it's the, it's literally, it was literally the first day of a brand new restaurant. And I really, I don't think it's the chef's fault. I think that the, the people running, I, I don't think, in other words, I don't think, I think the plan was for everybody to get a whole order of tacos. I think that there was not good communication between the kitchen and the wait staff. And so they it's were just weird. confused.
0: And but you paid 45 bucks and you were going to walk away splitting
1: six I know, I'm such a pussy sometimes because I don't want to like upset anybody. By the way, when we were walking in, there was this fucking cute ass cook, right? Because you could see another kitchen when you walked in. Richard even pointed out, oh my God, look at that cook. He's so fucking cute. And I was like, I know. I was like, oh my God, he's so hot, right? Mm hmm. So uh, when the food came and we were waiting for the other round of tacos to come, I took uh, pictures of the food and was posting them on Instagram under the Hungry Chola. Well, then later on in the night, that cute cook started following the Hungry Chola on Instagram. Oh, really? Yes. And then I I was creeping through his friends. Mm -hmm. Oh, because then I added him back. He's one of those private people. So then I followed him and he approved me. And dude, it's so weird. So he has like hot Latina girls that he follows, but then also follows a bunch of gay guys. And then also follows a bunch of transgender girls. Right? So I'm like, hmm. I think this guy's down to party. (laughs) By the way, none of (laughs) them. Because he has friends that has No, but it's like it's 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 not one trans friend. Like a couple of people under like under like a couple people named trap queens right and then like a lot of them like just like fishy tranny girl um, like instagram pictures
0: mhm is he dan caroselli
1: no no dan caroselli <laughs> dan Carouselli is like literally like i, I don't want to say too much about dan caroselli but well
0: he's bl- he's like super private on instagram that's uh, the uh, only uh, reason uh, uh, i no, said no his name's
1: no way jose 7 or something uh oh.
0: interesting well, it looks good from the, the Hungry Chola pictures.
1: Oh, yeah, the um, food was really good. But, uh, yeah, so Richard, you know, Richard was, uh, fighting for people. Richard, look, here's the deal. Sometimes you want, this is what I always said is, Richard was a pioneer in our family. Before Richard, like, you, you could never be gay. But Richard went in and he's like, I'm gonna be fucking gay. I'm gonna dance with men at these parties. I'm gonna make out with guys. And people were like, oh my god, oh my god, this is crazy. So, but when I came along, right? Everyone was like, whatever, he's boring. You know? So, I mean, he fights for shit. Now, now, here, let me tell you this, without spilling too much Richard T. The problem, though, is Richard alienates a lot of people, like you, or the people at his job, or, uh, remember I told you a story about Marianne? Remember I said he had a horrible day? He went to an event, a conference, and got kicked out of the conference? You know? So, so, sometimes he, he needs to shut his mouth. But, Sometimes those loud mouths—you need them to, to get what you're gonna get.
0: Well, Joe, Joey. Speaking of restaurants, um, I told you how Saturday was Mike Day and then Sunday was Steve Day. Yes. So one of the things we did on Steve Day was there's this restaurant near my house that's pretty popular. Um, in fact, I met somebody when I went to Rochester, New York, that said that they've that they miss living in the Bay Area because of this one restaurant. And it's an Ethiopian place, and Steve really wanted to eat there, and I really didn't want to eat there. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. I could, I just basically always talked him out of it. I never said, like, no, I don't want to eat there. I just always would offer another choice. Or he's also so nice that if he ever gets a feeling that I don't want something, he wouldn't suggest it, he wouldn't press it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So I don't know Ethiopian food really well. So that's one of the reasons that I kind of didn't want to go there. Like I don't want to be hungry and go to a place and be like disappointed. You know what I mean? Like that's why it's hard for me to be adventurous with food. But also I don't eat animals anymore. So I was afraid that I would get there and a lot of the food would be – have meat in it. Um, And then also it's family style. Which makes, I hate family style so much. But when you're just two people, that's kind of less of a problem. In fact, it's kind of better because then you could sample multiple things. But like, I don't know, family style makes me anxious. And then on top of all of this, Joey, uh, Ethiopian food, at this place in particular, but I think a lot of them, you eat 100% of the food with your hands. Like they don't serve you, uh, they don't bring you forks or anything like that. And plus, it's family style. So, like, if I'm sitting at this table, so all of us are putting our hands in this plate, Mm -hmm. it just kind of grosses me out. Would you eat that?
1: It's funny that you say that. So, there, you know, again, like I said, I'm a foodie, and there's a very highly regarded Ethiopian restaurant in Los Angeles called Meals by Jeanette. Mm -hmm. And people just love Meals by by, by Jeanette, but I won't go because there's something, and, and I know this is so. Both politically, it's just incorrect for me to think this way. I'm just, but I'm being honest. I just go like, I'm like, you I'm like, if I have one meal to spend, you know, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna go to a place where I'm not sure what it is or what to order. What if I don't like it? God forbid, I'm only gonna eat, I'm not gonna eat for like another four hours. What am I gonna do? Yeah.
0: <laughs> right. It's, it's, you have to be kind of, uh, take a chance yeah. to go. So, uh, I took a chance on Steve Day because he wanted it, and I knew he wanted it, so I was like, "Yeah, let's go. That sounds good. Whatever, right?" Uh, I'm
1: I'm excited to hear because I wanted I wanted to try meals by by Jeanette, but I don't know anyone that's gone, so, so I'm we walked to into it. We walked into it, and I was
0: faking it. I was like, "I'm so excited. Let's look on Yelp to see what's good." Joe, this so f- for starters, like the entire menu is in code, like it's in English. But the ingredients are things I've never heard of, but also, like, the process for which it's cooked is in code or is um, things that I don't understand. And there's no way of really understanding what the words are. Let the, I took two things from the menu. I want you to hear them. Sure. Uh, One of them is called Sega Wat Banatu Fit Fit, mm-hmm. right? Yes. Which is lean cubed beef. Which I get, okay, and it's in Burberry sauce. Sure, I don't, I don't know what that is, but okay. you might. Tossed with morsels of injera.
1: Okay, I imagine some sort so of Ethiopian.
0: I, I know it's beef, and that's it. Okay. And like, I kind of understand that, like, they don't need to write the same white people speak. I get that, but well, they just
1: yep a waiter I, or waitress, don't you?
0: It's just so unhelpful. It was so upset that we wanted water. Like not not helpful at all. Like when we asked her like what's good, she was like she would say like oh the bantu feet feet.
1: But does she sing it like in Lion King? Like, bantu feet feet very good. No water for you, lost <laughs> and Steve. You just
0: you made that joke, but meanwhile we're gonna get hate mail because I said you don't know what Burberry sauce was the line. is. Yeah. So, what I ended up ordering, Joe, was the veggie combo, uh-huh. w- which I think was vegetarian. Sure. It had Azifa, Buticha, Messer mm-hmm. Watt, yeah, Kigalicha. Sure.
1: Which is also the name of the cast members of the seminal hit 70s show, Good Times.
0: Gomen uh-huh. and Atta Kilt. Uh-huh. That's what I got. Um,
1: was it good? I could They're... Okay, look, it all boils down to did you would you go back again?
0: No. No.
1: Even if it was Steve Day.
0: I don't I I don't think Steve would go back to be honest. Well, but no because Steve knew you didn't like it. No, I don't think he did either though. Cuz I like said like, "Oh, this this one dish is good." I don't know. I tried to like pretend and I don't think he enjoyed it. I don't like Ethiopian food, it turns out. But I think the struggle is partially mental. Like, this is something that's foreign. And, like, I can't eat lamb, for example, because I don't know. Like, we never grew, grew up eating lamb. Is- From the moment Mike started the story, all
1: about Ethiopian food. Seemed really proud That he spoke really loud I just thought, man Mike and Steve seem rude Before we went on our hiatus I was scared The show wouldn't blow. But now that we're back I feel under attack It sounded more Like an episode of what Tom would call life.
0: For years I've eaten cows, so what's wrong with a lamb, right? But I also there's something for
1: euros. You've eaten cow? No,
0: I've had um, chicken. Uh
1: huh. Uh, Maybe I had beef, actually. No, lamb usually has euro. Usually has lamb in it.
0: Yeah, I well, I went to a Greek place in didn't want to get oh the, the so u like beef lamb. or something like okay. Yeah, so I think I ordered a a beef euro which came with 50/50. I didn't know that, but 50/50, 50, anyway. 50, what is that? 50b 50% beef 50% lamb. Oh, I've so had like that a before beef too. Euro mm-hmm. has still has lamb in it. But anyway, like I I I think that this restaurant like does a poor job of like communicating what they're doing, but I mean I don't know. There, there's it was just really hard for me to enjoy something that was like I didn't even know what it was. To this day, I don't know what it was that I ate there. I don't know. So, Joey, as we're there, um, there's this lady behind us who's sitting alone. And she ordered the veggie combo, which I got. And she ordered some other dish.
1: Mm-hmm. Like, easily food for two people. Probably
0: yeah. three, maybe four could eat on it and be fine.
1: And Steve was which, like, I didn't know Joe was coming.
0: No, so we're like kind of watching because it's a lot of food and we were just wondering like oh i wonder if she's like i in my head i'm like is she a big eater or is she so curious she wants to try everything and she's gonna take half of it home or do you know what i mean like it just was like curious yeah so we're watching her but joe she starts eating nothing she nibbles on a little bit of the like bread and that's it and she's texting and then whisper uh steve whispers to me that he thinks she's getting stood up Cause she's just sitting there like <laughs> drinking water and that's it. And we're eavesdropping um, with our eyes, I guess on that side of the table. But then Steve leans in and he whispers to me again and he's like, remember yesterday when we saw the woman who had on purple lipstick and in my head, when he whispered something, it was like something embarrassing cause the tables are kind of close together. So I'm like, Oh, he's saying something embarrassing. He doesn't want everyone to hear So when he said purple lipstick, I was like, oh, that's not embarrassing, though. So at full volume, I said, the ugly purple lipstick. (gasps) And he gets super red in the face and awkward. And it turns out that right behind me, there was a woman wearing purple lipstick. But, like, there's no way that she didn't hear me. There's no way she didn't hear me say it. No way. So I'm uncomfortable. She's obviously probably thinking I'm making fun of her, which I wasn't. I don't, it was just weird. But then the guy that she's with turns out to be super nice when the waitress comes to take their order. I said something to Steve like how that purple lipstick lady was there way before us, but we already ordered. And he leaned over and he <gasps> was like, hey, don't worry. That We ordered appetizers. So she's, she helped us already. No big deal. So mm-hmm. it was really nice. And then um, they were almost done eating, but they ordered a lot of food too. And he asked me if we wanted to try any of it because he didn't want to take any of it with him. it was was so gross.
1: It was pretty disgusting. (laughs) He was like, you you guys want to eat some of this? I don't want to take it home with me because it's gross. They serve raw
0: beef there. That's a, Uh I guess that's an Ethiopian thing. I don't think I would do that either. I just really don't, I, maybe I'm not an adventurous eater. I've always, I've never considered myself a picky eater, but Mm -hmm. maybe I am. The end.
1: I uh, I don't know if I mentioned this on the show, but uh, I have a comedian friend who uh, also uh, is a writer on the hit CBS show Mike and Molly.
0: Yeah, you've name dropped before.
1: Yeah, and uh, so I take I take him to the Magic Castle a few weeks ago. Well, while we were in hiatus, he texts me, and he says, "Listen." I want to take the entire – not the entire. I want to take, like, the big shot writer, writers and the r- the showrunner, like, all the big wigs at Mike and Molly. I want to take them to the Magic Castle. Do you think he can hook that up? And it turns out to be, like, nine people total, including himself, right? Mm-hmm. And I go, yeah, yeah, I can make that happen. He goes, oh, great. And he goes, do you think we can get the Houdini seance room? There's a room that has Houdini memorabilia in it. It's really, really cool. And that's where they have – so the Magic Castle offers this thing where if you're a member, you can reserve a, where they do a seance and try to contact the spirit of Houdini. Okay. okay. And it's really, really cool. And uh, they have a special room for that. And it's called the Houdini Seance Room. and It looks really cool. So he goes, do you think we could eat in the eat dinner in the Houdini Seance Room? I go, listen, you're one person short of actually doing the seance itself. You need 10 people to do the seance. Okay. Mm-hmm. He goes, really? And I go, yeah, all you, all you need is one person. I go, listen, I've actually never done the seance because I can't get 10 people to go. Would you mind if I was that 10th person? Right. Then he goes, uh, actually <laughs> maybe m- why don't you and I do the séance with some of our other friends some other time? I know. I know. (laughs) Mike, thank you. Thank you, right? He goes, Maybe this time just be a normal time with the with the Mike and Molly people. Yeah.
0: But I still I've heard this story. I know your family's weird and you might cause a big scene if we only get a few tacos. Yeah. Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So but here's the thing, is I now need to go I the the party is so big and what he needs is so specific. That I actually, I, I can't just give him a card or anything like that. I have to actually walk him into the Magic Castle, uh, right? So,
0: you know what? I don't want you to go with me, but yeah, yeah. can you at least show up and get me in? Yes,
1: yes, uh, yes. But here's the, here's but Mike. There's a lot. There's a weird gray area here. One, he is super nice, so nice, right? And you'll hear how in a second, right? Then, so I. To go to the magic castle is not easy. What I mean is, I have to put on a suit, you know. Drive there, park. <laughs> I have to wear shoes. I have to drive there and park. And <laughs> I have take to a text show.
0: everyone and complain that I'm actually getting oh, out of the house oh, for the day.
1: Oh, there were text galore. Text message. People heard all about this all week, right? Uh huh. So, luckily, actually, I didn't plan for this. Sorry. Uh, but Paul, friend of the show, Paul, um, said, "Do you want to go to dinner?" So uh, I go, perfect. So I go, to, I show up to the Magic Castle, and I walk in, and uh, the whole, you know, the showrunner and everybody from Mike and Molly show up, and we have to wait for some people, but as soon as like everybody's in and I'm good and we're all good. I go okay, guys. I gotta go, and I will say they were really nice. They're like, "Oh, you gotta go." I go, "Yep, I gotta go. I gotta take off. Have dinner plans." But I hope you guys have a good time. I leave them right. Yeah. Which, as friend of the show, Shannon pointed out, you know, he was probably nervous. He's taking his bosses. He just wants everything to go right.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I agree. I hear that.
1: Yeah, and I will say that when I got home, well, not what I was when I was dinner with a friend of the show, Paul. I got an email, and it was a fifty dollars Amazon card.
0: Oh, like, so you know, nice. Yeah, which yeah. is
1: I didn't ask for that. And,
0: I'm actually glad that you had plans too. Well, you pr- may, or at least you said you had plans. I did you know have plans. I, mean? like, I went to dinner with no. Paul. But even if you didn't, at least it would be nice to at least say so. Yeah, so you're not like I'm gonna stop at Del Taco drive-through on the way back to my place.
1: <laughs> hey guys, so, I'm gonna go. I'm clearly not wanted here. So later, <laughs> enjoy this extravagant
0: thing that I helped set up.
1: <laughs> well, actually, too. I mean, I clearly because Shannon was like, you don't know that. Maybe he doesn't want to like wait. Your time, or he didn't want to take up your whole night or something like that. But one of the guys didn't bring his wife, and we had a reservation for nine. So now you would think Brian would say, um, "Hey, listen, why don't you stick around for dinner? We have an extra table." Nope. No, he was like, <laughs> "All right, see you later." Yeah. And so, but you know what? That's I'm glad that happened. And yeah, and, and
0: uh, I will say, Joey, you're not a wallflower. You're not gonna <laughs> you're not gonna participate. There's no chance that you wouldn't participate in – do you know what I mean? Yeah. I I get it, but it still is just like so fucking awkward.
1: By the way, my mom, mother of the show, Betty Batanz, has no clue about things. She goes, I think you should have gone – and you know what you should have done? Is taken some scripts and said, here, I'm also a writer. Read these scripts I wrote. (sighs) I was like, really?
0: And then sent them your link
1: that you have, And then you should have acted out the the little plays, the little skits that you write. (laughs) By the way, anything- You come in different costumes.
0: You're like doing an I Love Lucy episode.
1: What? I have no desire to write for Mike and Molly, even though the the paycheck wouldn't be nice. You know what? I'm actually going to talk a little bit of tea here. I will say this. Now, look, it's Mike and Molly, right? I'm not going to say anything about the quality of the show, but I'll say this. The writers – so like half the writers showed up first and then the other half came later. Mm-hmm. The first half of writers weren't funny. Now, let me clarify that because sometimes people will hang out with me like, you're a comedian, you're not funny. But I I don't – I think when you're hanging out with me, I'm not cracking wise all the time, right? Yeah. These guys were cracking wise. They were cracking wise and not funny. Like very like, uh, hey, hey what sticky, you know, like like old-timey like – Corny jokes, and I was like, "Wow, they, these guys are network television sitcom writers." Biggie, and not only that, like the 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 head writers, you know. I mm-hmm. was like, "Wow." Anyway, um, but the point is, like, I, I I I mean, look, I would love the paycheck, and if they said, "Please write on Mike and Molly," I'd be, like, "Yeah," you know. But it's not like that's my big desire to write on Mike and Molly. Anything going on in the Bay
0: Area, Mike Lawson? Joey, there is actually. <laughs> it's funny you ask. Yeah. Um, there's this three year study that was done in San Francisco that shows, uh, no new HIV infections among PrEP users. Um, we haven't talked a lot about PrEP on here, but it's the, it's called pre exposure prophylaxis, uh, also known as PrEP. This was a 32 month study done at Kaiser Permanente San Francisco Medical Center. And they found that among sexually active gay men who are taking PrEP, which is an HIV prevention treatment program using the drug Truvada, no new HIV infections were reported. This is the first real-world study of this drug after clinical trials convinced the FDA and the CDC to recommend its use in preventing HIV infection among at-risk individuals such as those who are HIV-negative with HIV-positive sexual partners. And the study was reported—I'm uh, sorry, was published, uh, and it looks pretty interesting. It followed 657 people, 99% of them who were men, who have sex with men, with an average age of 37. Which—can we stop right there? What 1%—what is the 1% that isn't a man who's having sex with a man that's doing it? 1%— Could it be a woman— A woman who's having sex with a man that's HIV positive. Or
1: they identify as a woman, but they're men still. In other words, it's a transgender woman who still has her boy parts.
0: So all of the participants, uh, 657 people, considered themselves to be sexually active and not to use condoms at all. So these people had sex for three years and uh, used PrEP, and none of them have HIV rates. So it's interesting. Critics of PrEP have cited the fact that other sexually transmitted diseases would be likely to rise among people taking PrEP, um, which would make – because people would stop using condoms. And I think that's an interesting point to talk about. Um, I think that that happened. I think that didn't –
1: yeah, no one got – but their um, STDs went up.
0: Yeah, so the study found that – uh, there was a 30% instance of other STDs within six months, and that that went up to 50% after a year. However, HIV wasn't one of them. So, I, I mean, is it better than condoms? I don't know. If people are going to use PrEP and not condoms, like if they're going to use PrEP or nothing, this is better than nothing, right? I struggle spread, with PrEP. Spread around a little bit of herpes. I
1: I think also with PrEP, though, I think you can still transmit the disease. You just don't get it, I believe. I'm not sure, so don't quote me on this. I don't want to be... Well, if
0: I, like, pull out of somebody and then put it into somebody else right away, maybe.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how that works. So, look, I'm not a medical doctor. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you guys know this, so I don't know about that. What? But I will say this, though. Based on anecdotal evidence that I have from several gay men that I know... There are people who use this prep, right? And they use it a license to be very, um, as this study proves, um, promiscuous.
0: Mm, I don't think the study proves that.
1: No, 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 no. But the study says that an it, it increase in um, S- other STDs went up.
0: Yeah, that doesn't mean that they're being extra promiscuous. Okay, well, okay, on prep. okay.
1: Based on my anecdotal evidence that I have from people that I know that I can't talk about, there are people who are on PrEP who have now engage in crazy-ass 1970s-style uh, Caligula res- yeah. uh, risky behavior. Yeah. And th- my only problem with that is – I don't know. I, I, I don't like the – I and maybe I'm being a stuffy old man, but that's – I don't know. That doesn't sound good. And I don't know what that means, but I think that was a good time when we were practicing safe sex. And I think prep is an important part. Like I would totally be on prep just to be sure. I'd want to be, you know, I'd want to be extra careful, but I would still use a condom. Does that make sense? Or I, if I was on prep and I had a, 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 a I would feel a little bit more com- like if I were, like if I were in the position that you and Steve were in, I don't know what your guys position is with prophylactics. I didn't say that right, yeah. but who cares, but. I would be, be more comfortable at this stage in your relationship to be like, oh, we're both on prep. Let's just go condomless. Does that make sense? I'd feel more comfortable about it. Um, but I don't know if I'd go out there. and, And by the way, the people that I'm talking about are older. They're not, it's not, that's what's even more worrisome. It's not people who are like super young. It's people who are older than I am, actually. So, uh who are doing this, so, I, you, so you would think that they would even know better. At least like a 21-year-old, they don't know. They didn't live in this era of being afraid of AIDS. No, the, but you know what? Actually, I'm talking out of turn because I did have a conversation about this with a friend. And he was saying that's the reason that these people are engaging in this risky behavior is because they remember those times and they're trying to bring them back. Does that make sense? Like, they were like, oh, I remember when I could have sex like this, and yay, I can have sex like this again. Like That's what they needed to get off. Like, I knew a guy when I was in this um group therapy thing. He was older. He was, like, in his 70s, right? And he got arrested in his 70s for um getting a, a blowjob in a bathroom in a park. Mm-hmm. And you're like, wow, really, Queen? Like like but that's what he needed to get off you know he needed to do that because that's what they used to do in the old days
0: yeah i think there's certainly a segment of the gay population that does risky things to get off right so maybe it's a bathroom or a movie theater and that you know is the reason they or it helps them get off. It's not that they're going to the bathroom because they're living a closeted life necessarily. Like, yeah. once upon a time, that was something that, you know, to get off, I had to go to the bathroom. Not because it's the actual act of doing it in a public bathroom was um, enticing. Um, but and then, and then there's people that get off on the riskiness of, like, bareback sex, too. That um just kind of knowing that there's some sort of risk involved gets them kind of aroused. I don't know. I think that I certainly see the point that oh, you know, taking a drug like this may make you think that you can that you're um uh invincible and you're not. There's so many other things that could come at you and condoms were helping us uh, protect ourselves from those things. But I feel I feel like that's pretty kind of crazy that these guys were engaging in pretty, I guess, risky behavior, um, having sex with, I would guess, a couple of people um, or at least partners that maybe were having sex with other people, too. And none of them got AIDS in three years. I think that that's a something. Mm hmm. I don't know. I just kind of brought the story up because we haven't talked much about prep, so I was curious what you thought.
1: I mean, I obviously like it. I'm excited about it as a breakthrough in um, HIV prevention, but it worries me that uh, not even that people are doing this, but so quickly. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just like oh, immediately. Like, it's like like not even like a year or two. It's like immediately you're having you're you're doing these crazy ass things. Yeah. Anyway.
0: Anyway, what's up in, uh, where do you live? Los Angeles. Los Angeles. What's up in L.A.?
1: Mike Lawson, Carter Lay, the heir to the Frito-Lay Empire, was found dead in his home at the age of 44. Cops told TMZ that they responded to a call around noon on Thursday about Lay and found him in his bedroom in his L.A. home. Sources say they don't believe that his death is suspicious, though authorities are planning for an autopsy. He had recently beaten leukemia. Lay was the grandson of Herman Lay, the man who founded the Frito-Lay company and was known for his philanthropic efforts. Let me ask you this question. Well I, two, well, I have two questions. One, do you think his coffin will be like super gigantic big and then his body will just be like tiny <laughs> inside the, in the coffin?
0: Uh, uh, I would never make jokes about a dead person. Next,
1: um, what are some of your favorite Frito-Lay chips? Do you, do you like chips? Are you fan are you like? Are you a yeah. fan of the Frito?
0: You know what I like is the, there's a Frito that has like chili powder on it or something. I don't know what it's called though, but that one I like. I don't like it just a plain Frito.
1: No. I like a plain Frito when you have it with, I'm looking up for what the, what the different Frito-Lay chips are. Um. I'll be honest with you. I like a, a, a I like a Frito with like I if I'm having if I'm having a hot dog, I like some Fritos. Yeah. I also don't mind Fritos with like um some tuna fish sandwich. You had a tuna fish sandwich, a tuna sandwich there.
0: Yeah. Did they announce the day that he's gonna be laid <laughs> to rest? That was in the comments of the TMC. Oh, article. was it? Yeah.
1: <laughs> I was trying <laughs> to think of all the different um. Frito Lay jokes, like you know, like like, we're talking about, like chip off the old block. But then I didn't want to be corny. (laughs) What are your thoughts on these Cheetos?
0: Um, I like Cheetos every once in a while, but um, you know what I saw the other day is I (laughs) there was an Asian woman eating Cheetos out of a bag using chopsticks, and that was the most genius thing I've ever seen in my life because I. Hate a Cheeto finger. I hate that so yeah, much. Yeah, but that
1: fucking dust is like powder gold.
0: Yeah, but like, not on your fingers.
1: Mm. I'm gonna tell you something. So, I often get mad. when People make fat jokes, and like they'll be like, they'll like, oh, they'll see me walk by cupcakes, or something. And they'll be like, "Oh, Joe must be sweating around on those cupcakes or something," right? Yeah. Meanwhile, I don't have a sweet tooth. I have more of a salty tooth, I suppose. Uh, I I don't I I can take or leave desserts, right? But I'm gonna tell you something. My poison, I really cannot. Um, are these Doritos? Like I, what kind of just a the normal just plain nacho cheese flavored Doritos? Just your standard Dorito. <laughs> a plain nacho cheese Dorito.
0: There's it's not really plain. It's nacho cheese, but. I'm not a real big fan of a Dorito. We've talked about this because I remember talking about how, remember how they used to be sharp and now they're rounded? No, I I, I eat the sharp ones. No, when we were growing up, Doritos used to be like sharp, like you could cut yourself almost, but now they're like rounded corners. Oh, really? Yeah. The triangle is like rounded
1: on the three corners. Oh.
0: I've never studied a Dorito that
1: long. A Dorito doesn't last that long in my hands to be studied. Like I uh, cannot like I can eat no matter the size of the bag. It can be one of those Costco-sized bags. I can eat an entire bag of Doritos. I that is my one I will say that is my one weakness. That I, I can't so, think of anything else where I can't I can't like if there's a bag of Doritos there I have to eat it.
0: So to recap your story, a guy who used to have cancer yeah. was found de- found
1: dead. And no one knows why he died. Cool story. <laughs> oh, why would he die? <laughs> How would he die? Um, we someone in the think, comments TMZ think,
0: also said he should have just eaten one. Because <laughs> you know how Lays is like, you can't eat just one.
1: Yeah. Should have just eaten one.
0: Uh, Joey, uh, this place up here, uh, it's called Hillsborough. It's really close to San Francisco. This actually made the national news, so you might have heard about it. But um, off of Highway 280, there's this house that looks like it should be in Bedrock. On the Flintstones, uh, people affectionately call it the Flintstone House. And it's been something of a roadside attraction since it was built in 1976 as an experiment in new building materials. Uh, it was designed by architect William Nicholson. And construction involved wire mesh and steel rebar on inflated balloons. Then layered with shortcrete, which is like concrete sprayed through a hose basically. It looks like it's something built out of a playground. Like this material we've seen in a playground before. But anyway, if you're looking to stand out and you're not worried about uh, construction or the place's former disrepair in the 80s, then there's good news because this place is on the market. It's being sold for $4.2 million is the asking price right now. Uh, Originally, the house was an off-white color, but it's been painted to this orange color since the early 2000s. But there's a bunch of pictures in the article. Did you click them at all?
1: No, but I've seen the article elsewhere.
0: Yeah. So I was curious. First of all, would you live there? No. But would you, you would not? Like,
1: I don't like the the Flintstones. I never liked the Flintstones.
0: But it wasn't built after the Flintstones. It's just called the Flintstone House.
1: I don't know. If someone called the Flintstones, I wouldn't. There's a few shows that everyone loves I didn't like. I didn't like the Flintstones. Well, I I mean, you know what? I'm going to qualify that. I really did love the character. I believe his name was like Zazu, the
0: little green guy.
1: Yeah, I liked him because he would call Fred Flintstone dummy. Yeah, that's what I think where I got it was that probably. Z- yeah, was that Zazu, <laughs> right? Uh huh. Um, but other than that, I didn't like the Flintstones, and uh, I also don't like this Mash. Remember this show, Mash?
0: Yeah, a little. Uh, bit. I never really watched Mash.
1: Hate that show. Not funny. Never made me laugh.
0: Did so. Did you ever watch the Simpsons? Love the Simpsons. Age wise, how that works out for us.
1: Love the Simpsons.
0: Okay, because like when the Simpsons started, I was just a couple years younger than Bart, so you were like Homer's age. Stupid. (laughs) This is a solid joke. (laughs) I really wasn't going in for the joke. That just kind of came organically. So, but you wouldn't live in this house. Why not? Just because it's like
1: I don't like kooky houses. I would never live in a kooky house. Because people would like, look at you. Yeah, and I judge want, you, like, here's or? the deal. I'm already kooky, right? So I dress really boring, right? Right. And I like to live in boring places. I don't right. like kooky houses, cause I, I feel people who live in kooky houses or, uh, dress kooky clothing. They're they're boring people who are trying to find a, who realize they're boring, but don't know how to be interesting. So they find try and find ways to make themselves more interesting. So gonna, I'm going to be the wacky guy. You know, I'm just going to walk yeah. around and wear uh, caftans and Hawaiian shirts, and that's going to make me interesting. All of a sudden, people will think I'm interesting because I wear caftans and Hawaiian shirts.
0: Well I think yeah like people do it with clothes people do it with a lot of things that um, that if their personality is lacking something sometimes they they make it up in other ways. But I don't know the house looks interesting it does look kind of playground to me though. Like it doesn't look like a solid structure. Would you or...
1: listen would you live in the Flintstone house for free? Yeah. Oh.
0: Would I pay to live in the the Flintstone's house? I don't know.
1: You know what if I had would the I... money I'd buy it and then knock it down. <laughs> Just to make everybody mad, <laughs> uh-huh.
0: or you should you could buy it and only s- sell it to people on the sex offenders list, like
1: rent it out. Oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> you, know, you know, you know, who, you know who did something like that? Was that George Lucas? What did he do? So the area over there, like, like by the Presidio, he had owned a lot of land or something like that. You can look this uh-huh. up. Yeah. And he wanted to build some sort of like new studios or something over there, right? Oh, uh huh. Yeah. I've keep going. And then everyone's like, no, we don't want that. <laughs> we don't want that. We don't want all that noise and stuff like that, right? And we're rich and we want rich people things, you know? And so he goes, yeah. oh, okay. So then he's building low income housing on the property.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well,
1: there you go. No there studio. Was a,
0: when I wrote for a newspaper in Orange County, there was a story that I covered about this group of people that were upset that this guy was buying up properties and knocking the homes down. And they were giving him a hard time and like make basically making it difficult for him to rezone some of his properties. Mm-hmm. But the property could legally, he could build a place of worship. Mm-hmm. So he, while all of his properties were kind of getting held up by city council, he put these huge signs on it that said that he would sell the land cheap to anyone wishing to build a church or mosque. Mm-hmm. And so this whole neighborhood was getting mad because they basically were saying they would build three or four
1: church or mosques in the little area.
0: <laughs> um, what else in L.A.? Any other
1: stories you got? Yeah, Mike. A topless maid was convicted this week for killing and nearly decapitating a retired police officer earlier this year. Robert Krigler, who was a 74-year-old retired Redondo Beach police officer, hired 36-year-old Sentia Renee Martin to work as his topless maid and masseuse on January 10th. Sometime between January 10th and 13th, Krigler was brutally murdered. (laughs) Deputy District Attorney Stephen Edison was horrible. Maybe she meant he would be topless. <laughs> That's why she was beheading him. <laughs> Deputy District Attorney Stephen <laughs> Gates said that Martin repeatedly bashed in Krigler's head with a shotgun, and then managed to almost completely decapitate his head with a knife.
0: Wait, she had a shotgun, and she decided to cut his head off with a knife?
1: Yeah, well, maybe she thought <laughs> uh, this is what topless meant. Yeah, not her. Authority. Yeah, was but she trying- has a
0: shotgun. Why didn't she use a shotgun?
1: Look, these these Latinos aren't very bright.
0: Do you think she still cleaned up after everything?
1: Oh, no. No. Uh, do you think she still gave him the handjob he ordered? Authorities would find Kriegler's body in his Inglewood apartment on January 13th. Prosecutors tied Martin to the murder by using forensic evidence and viewing surveillance videos. We had, investigators also found a broken shotgun. What an idiot. She had a shotgun. And she used it to bludgeon him. You're right. When she used Did the she cashed the check he gave her. She represented in she represented herself. Oh my god, I would love to be at this trial. She represent. (laughs) I I didn't do it. Hey, stop, stop. I'm Mexican. I can make these jokes.
0: No, but it's not. You don't know that she has English like that. You you just sounded like um. What was the little mouse that like ran? Speedy uh, Gonzalez. You just
1: sounded like Speedy Gonzalez. She represented herself in the 21-day trial and was sentenced to 35 years to life in state prison just right after she was convicted. Um, Here's the thing. Here's my question to you, Mike Lawson. Do you like handjobs?
0: Yeah, I can. I I do. I I don't don't like them. I
1: don't like them. I would never never get them for free. If some guy said, hey, listen, uh, I'm going to give you a handjob. I'm like, yeah, it's all right. I can finish myself. Thank you.
0: There are people, there's sometimes where I would prefer a hand job than a blow job.
1: Oh, no, no, I object, sir. I object, no, because listen, one, the grip is never right. It's either too loose or it's too tight. The, the pace is wrong. It's, I agree with
0: all of that, but I'm saying I would prefer sometimes for the hand job that is not perfect, then a blowjob that's imperfect, because then I'm st- I'm covered in spit
1: afterward. Oh, that doesn't bother me. But here's the thing. Look, I'm going to qualify this. I'm talking about a handjob where the person's just staring at you and you're staring at them while they jack off your dick. If they're playing with your dick, do you consider playing with your dick slowly, stroking it up and down while you're making out? Do you consider that a handjob?
0: Well, I feel like the a handjob has to be pretty close to the full job. It's, otherwise, it's just a little... Same with like a blow job, like it has to be, I would say, over 60 percent of the full job to be considered a full hand job.
1: Yeah, then I'm opposed to hand jobs. I do not like hand jobs. I will, would rather do nothing than have a hand job. I'd rather go home and watch Netflix. <laughs> I hate I hate hate hand jobs.-huh. That's why I would never pay for one of these masseuses.:
0: I would rather get a hand job than go to any Ethiopian restaurant though.: I'd rather get a shitty massage. What do you got going on next week, Joey? Oh,
1: Mike. I agreed to go to the Hollywood Bowl with uh, this Trevor. Remember Trevor, the the oh, yeah. jerk who gave me those tickets last time. Dick, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to the Hollywood Bowl with him tomorrow, and then um, I think that's all I have going on right now that I can think of. Cool. Which means we're going to have an exciting week next week. Full of and stories.
0: Wait. Um, the BART is closed again this weekend. Oh, that's right. Labor funny. Day weekend. Yeah. So that's going to be closed. Um, there's not a lot of interesting stuff happening in my life either. I'm doing a bunch of freelance graphic design stuff though. So probably going to be doing a lot of that this weekend, catching up on non works. Well, oh, you're not going to see Steve? Work, like... Yeah. I'm going to see him Saturday and Sunday, but.
1: Uh, How are you gonna get how's he gonna get there? How are you gonna get there?
0: So the well first of all he has like um plans on Saturday with somebody who lives near me. So there when they come back here, they're going to they'll drive him back and then he'll just have to take um the BART system has set up a bus, so where the BART stops, you could get on a bus, it'll drive you over the bay, and then you get back on the BART, which just sounds sounds Awful, because it probably adds an hour to a 20-minute BART ride. (laughs) It just sounds awful, but he's going to do that on Sunday to get home. So we're going to do that. Just hang out, live life. Live in La Vida Loca is what I'm doing lately. So, you
1: You have any special announcements? No, should I? No, I didn't know it because I've asking you.
0: No, it's nice. I'm really like I know I say at the end of each of these, nice catching up with you, but it is nice to do these again. I know we talked quite a bit while we were off. But...
1: Oh, guys, you missed whole episodes.
0: <laughs> but it was—it's nice to uh, catch up with you, Joey.
1: Mm, go to hell, Mike.
0: <laughs> Bye. uh
1: um um
0: um, uh, um uh, use action to defeat worry and fear do
1: something to change what can be changed and you'll no longer be afraid